Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. The tongue is the most common airway obstruction in unconscious patients. Similar to the oral airway, the nasal airway also helps keep the tongue off the back of the throat, but because the airway is inserted through the nose, it's less likely to stimulate the gag reflex, so it's better tolerated by semi-conscious patients. The indications in use of the nasal airway is today's Pass ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip or two a day for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app now and listen to short three to nine minute long episodes that cover a core ACLS topic at your convenience. For more free ACLS-related podcasts, check out the pod resource page at PassACLS.com. An important part of BLS and post-arrest care is the management of a patient's airway. During an arrest, we perform a head tilt chin lift or a modified jaw thrust for patients with a suspected head or neck injury to lift the tongue off the back of the throat. To assist with keeping the tongue off the back of the throat as we work a code, an oropharyngeal airway, or an OPA, could have been inserted. There may be times when a patient can't maintain their own airway and still have a gag reflex, preventing insertion of an oral airway. Remember that a gag reflex is a contraindication for an oral airway. If a patient retches or gags while attempting to insert an oral airway, stop. The last thing we want is for a semi-conscious patient to vomit and aspirate. An alternative to an oral airway is the use of a nasopharyngeal airway, sometimes called a nasal airway, a nasal trumpet, or simply an NPA. Some examples of when we may choose to use an NPA include patients who have been sedated for cardioversion, patients that are successfully defibrillated and obtain ROSC before an advanced airway was placed, and conditions such as stroke, hypoglycemia, seizures, or severe intoxication that results in a decreased level of consciousness but not complete unresponsiveness. Basically, we should consider insertion of a nasal airway in any patient that can't control their own airway and has a gag reflex. While there aren't any absolute contraindications for the use of the NPA, they should be used with caution in patients with suspected basal or skull fracture. Patients with severe head trauma, bilateral black eyes, or bruising behind the ear over the mastoid process should be suspected of a possible skull fracture. Just like the oral airway, the nasal airway also comes in a variety of sizes and needs to be measured before insertion. To select the most appropriate length, the NPA should be measured from the tip of the patient's nose to their earlobe. Using a nasal airway that's too short won't hold the tongue, while one that's too long could end up in the esophagus or larynx, leading to gastric distension or laryngospasm. In addition to length, the diameter of a nasal airway needs to be measured before insertion as well. The outer diameter of the NPA must be smaller than the patient's nostril. Many people use the nail bed of the patient's little finger as a guide to help determine an approximate diameter. The airway should be lubricated with a water-soluble lubricant prior to insertion and inserted gently to avoid soft tissue damage that could cause bleeding into the airway. To further reduce possible injury to the patient, the bevel of the airway's tip should be placed against the patient's nasal septum while inserting. Because the shape of the nasal airway, 
We usually start with the right nostril. If resistance is felt, the airway can be slightly wiggled and, if needed, inserted into the opposite nostril. If we insert an NPA into the left nostril with the bevel against the septum, the airway will need to be turned 180 degrees once the tip is past the nasal septum in order to be in anatomic position. Once inserted, the patient should be monitored closely. Patients with a nasal airway can have O2 administered with a nasal cannula or mask, be ventilated with a BVM, have end tidal CO2 monitored with capnography, and can have their upper airway suctioned if needed. I hope today's review of the nasopharyngeal airway was helpful. If so, consider giving back via the link in the episode description or take a few seconds to leave a five-star review. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.